Hello and welcome to the Swan Song Project podcast. My name is Ben Buddy Slack and I'm the founder of the Swan Song Project. We're a charity that helps people facing under their lives to write and record their own original songs. If you'd like to find out more about the charity and how you might be able to support us, uh, you can check us out on our website, which is swansongproject.co.uk. You can also follow us across different social media platforms that will be in the description uh, to this podcast. Uh, the podcast features a range of different songwriters and we talk about music and bereavement. They share with us one of their songs, talk a little bit about how they wrote it, uh, share with us a songwriting tip, and they also share a song that's meaningful to them in some way relating to bereavement. This episode features Duke Garwood. I hope you enjoy it. Sure thing. Okay, today I'm here with Duke Garwood. Thanks for joining me, Duke. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we look forward to talking to you. I've been a big fan for a, yeah, a long time now, so this is, uh, I'm excited about this conversation. All right, thank you. Uh, if anyone's seen these podcasts before, you'll know we do them in three sections. First, we're going to have one of my guest songs, and then we're going to talk a little bit about how that was written. Uh, section two, Duke's going to share with us a songwriting tip, and that's useful for new songwriters. And then section three, we're going to talk about songs meaningful to Duke in some way relating to bereavement. So uh, I'll ask you to introduce the, the song you recorded for us, Duke, and I'll uh, chop that video in. Sure thing. Yeah, that song is called Sing to the Sky. It, it's of uh, Garden of Ashes. And I, I wrote it a long time ago, but it, yeah, it's one of them. It's an ethereal little number. Probably the simplest thing, quickest I have. Okay, brilliant. So that was Sing to the Sky by Duke Goward. So yeah, what can you tell us about writing that one? Well, that one, it like started out as a piece. I was trying to write, I was writing songs for Mark Lanigan, 
for our first record. And that piece came up, but it was, it was more like a, just a pretty guitar piece, but it was very much one of those ones that comes instantly. And luckily, because I was recording at the same time, I was able to catch whatever it was that that one had. I've lost that recording now. And, um, and then it, it sort of, it, it never kind of, it just sat around for a while. And then it became a song. And it became one of them songs that was like, I don't know, they can be as short as you like or as long as you like. You can switch the words because they're all interchangeable because they all kind of mean the same thing. Mm. And it's, yeah, it was a song that then took on, once it was written, took on more meaning. Um, a lot for me with regards to, to this. Um, I, was on, I was in Madrid and the dear, my special auntie died. She'd been sick for a while. And she died and that, and we had a show that night and it was a big show. And I remember like going out or like, I had to get a white shirt cause all my clothes were black, you know? And I was like, I didn't want to wear black today. I found a white shirt. And I remember I played that song that night. I hadn't really played it at all on that tour live at all at that point. But none of my other songs made any sense, you know, to sing in that feeling I was having. Cause this is someone who I'd known who kind of raised me with my mom one of three women who did. And uh, yeah, it was it's suddenly that song, it kind of touched all, it touched all the right things, you know? Mm. And cause you know the things when you're feeling so much grief, you need something that's gonna put you, so you've got feet in both worlds, you know? So yeah. your emotions can flow without, especially if you're in public <laughs> and breaking down on stage is one thing, but you don't really want to put the audience through that experience. So you have to straddle both places, you know. The tears can fall, but they have to be musical tears. So anyway. Yeah, that's really interesting. So you say originally you wrote it um, intending for Mac to sing it. Was that the initial plan or was it just the idea yeah, came then? It's like a little guitar piece. I was like, oh, that's so nice. Yeah. And that, cause that's what I was doing at the time. That was my compartmentalization. Everything I was writing at the time, I was sending to LA to Mark, you know, to listen to. And, you know, I sent him a, I was feeling very prolific at that time. So I had a real flow going on, but this one was a real one that was sort of, whoa, what is this one? Like, it's strange. So I sent it to him first, of course, but then I don't think he did. It was one of them ones that passed him by. Yeah. So they came back to me. It was nice that way. And then it, it was my song. Yeah. It feels like it kind of, you know, almost like it had that purpose of being there for you when you needed it. Then, yes, like, that's right. It was. It is one. Yes, yeah, like a touchstone song, which is why this morning, in my sleepy morning mood, I was able to access it again, you know, and play it because it's a really difficult one to play because mm -hmm. it's so. In in a sense, you have to be in exactly the right mood to do it. Otherwise, it's it's just the kind of chords and some voice, you know, some vocals that may sound a bit peculiar. Songs are weird like that. Aren't they? Yeah, something you've got to really give them the respect they deserve when you play them. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's a beautiful little piece. Um, I like what you said as well about it being being a short one. And um, sometimes it's like you can fall into routines, I guess, of songs being a certain length and feeling the need to write yes. extra things. And sometimes you just, like you said, they kind of, you just realize that's it, that's the song. It doesn't need to be any, you don't need to write any more to it. That's just. That's right. It's saying what it needs to and you're in and you're out. And if you wanted to, you could put like, you have a band and put a long solo on the end or something. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful song. I really like it. I really like the video as well. If you're sitting in the garden and you hear the birds singing in the background, the colours came together, didn't they? Yeah, a bit of gold, a bit of sun, a bit of blue sky. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. Um, I'm interested in. Uh, so you say you've you've done plums with Marcus Brown, haven't you? Um, so, uh, black pudding and uh, with animals. Yeah. Um, how is that different than writing your own stuff? And is there like so you said like with that one where you sending stuff over to him? And is, is the process kind of similar, but like you just, do you work guitar parts first and send them around or come up with things yourself? Or? Yeah, it's, it's this, yeah, it's the same way I would write songs for myself. It's just that I don't give my, I don't, I don't then have the pressure of creating lyrics and melodies for them. Mm -hmm. Just, I can feel a little better after a while, you know, working with Mark, I can feel a little better what would, what would trigger his vocal or trigger his, you know, spirit or whatever, not, and things that wouldn't. And, um, and once you know that about someone else, you can really start to work with them, you know, and then, and then of course it meant that songs that would have been mine would, would then immediately, I say minus the wrong word, songs that would grace themselves, you know, into my moment. Um, then they would tend to be like quite automatic, you know, and quick or, or slow. And then ones for him, it's like they were free to him. And then I enjoy them just strictly as an instrumentalist, mm. which is a really nice search without the pressure of singing. I must yeah. well, with a great singer like that too, you're in different hands, you know. It's such a great song. Yeah, he's uh, phenomenal, isn't he? Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess that um, the balance, like something that's come up on a few of these podcasts, is that like embracing collaboration is so good for everyone really that it was something I used to think to be very nervous about early in my songwriting days of, and I guess it was wor worrying that everyone else would think my ideas were stupid when you're working with them there but then once you kind of get past that and start like you say it takes the pressure off if you're just writing one part of the song and you can get someone else's input on it it is it's a lot when you think about it yeah you trigger impulses in other people that then they can then surprise you back or it may go to a third person it, it's a good it, it's it's all very good especially when you relax yourself into knowing that kind of people have been writing songs for so long in humanity now there's probably only a certain few kinds of songs you know that truly resonate like with, with the body and mind and you're allowed to you know you can access any of them you know what i mean they're all there for everyone to access and they will then interpret the thing and you don't have to be under pressure to kind of make some kind of new song because you are making a new song. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a new thing because it, it's a song and songs, songs have a, like, a special place. Um, they don't have to be like bebop, if you know what I mean. You could make them like bebop if that's what moved you. But you know what I'm saying, like for everybody, it's their song. It's and therefore unique to their template in their experience. Anyway. Yeah. Too much coffee, maybe. <laughs> no such oh, thing. Coffee. Do that. <laughs> I was going to ask you about, um, you have a very distinct guitar style. I was going to ask yeah. you about how you kind of came to that, like what were your um, guitar playing influences and is there a particular way you, you think about when you're structuring your guitar playing? Well, no, interesting. 
No, I just kind of try and manhandle them the way I can physically. Um, I, I'm very inspired by flamenco players and, you know, I, I use all my fingers. I, I don't use plectrums. I find it, um, I can't seem to make a very good tone with plectrums. I can always hear the plastic clicking away. Some guitar players are great with picks. You know? But the, just fingers and, and relaxing. And lately, I bust my thumb really bad in January. And since then, it hasn't worked the same. So I had to change my technique again and use it sort of less, the thumb itself. And that's been really nice. But um, yeah, guitars, I mean, I, I would say to my, I was saying to my friend's son, he was really frustrated with the guitar. And I said, look, the thing is with the guitars, you will always be a beginner. Every day you wake up, pick up your favorite guitar, whatever. You're a beginner again. I think it's the same on all instruments. It's a fresh day. You might have some technique and this and that, but you shouldn't really let yourself worry about these things because if you want to be a virtuoso, that's a, you either are one or you're not. You have that kind of temperament. That's a different thing. Instruments, there you activate them, you press them, you pluck, or you blow it, or whatever, and they and they activate. That's how I see them these days, especially with my hands getting so like stiff and I can't move like I used to. So now I have to be like, well, I'm a beginner every day, you know. Mm. And so, a new way to make it work for you. Yeah, just make it work. Yeah, mm. such um, a treacherous instrument. The guitars, they're treacherous. You know, they're never the same way twice. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I think um, kind of links to what you're saying about the songs then is that like with instruments it's it's great to find your own way of doing it and find your own voicing and way of playing yes. rather than just imitating someone else's style and playing that's, it. The thing is, that's what I'm excited about seeing you know what happens in with new music in the world all, all the time is, is yeah just people just kind of kind of grasp grasping it you know and, and accepting the the resonance that you have with the with the universe and that i mean that gets cosmic but then if you narrow it down to the fact that if you pick up an instrument and you 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 activate its sound as soon as you're doing that you have entered into the cosmic uh frequency if you like or the universal frequency and it, and then anything can happen there you're open you know you're wide open and, and like i say virtuosity or great skills they don't mean anything anymore then because you're either interpreting or you're not. If you're relying on your technique and memory, you're, you're recreating something, not creating something. Mm. Even if what you're playing and naturally maybe just like something else, like I was saying before, it, it might be, you know, blue moon or whatever, play misty for me that you're making again without realizing it. It's cool. You own it. And you don't. No one owns it. It's just more of a kind of expression. Mm. Uh, that's that's how I see it these days. I find it more simple like that. And also, then you don't have you, your ego doesn't get in the way about say whether you're a good or bad songwriter. You know what I mean? Because what is that anyway? I don't think I'm a particularly good songwriter because I don't use middle eights. I can't really get choruses. My things tend to be quite a thing and a thing and a thing. I don't, you know, so in terms of songwriters, yeah, I'm pretty probably quite retrograde, not retrograde. I'm more like sort of a one note man, if you like. I think that's cool too. Mm. Yeah, I think it's, um, 
it's that thing there. It's authentic, isn't it? I could say your your songs are authentic. You know, this 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 is a distinctive thing, which is the Duke Goward songs. Um, and like you say, it's not like there's better or worse songs. It's that there's space for all of these different styles, and you've definitely yeah. found found your own um, style. I think, um, which is what I think the the goal of a lot of artists is, isn't it, is to create that. Yeah, find your space. Yeah, be and sit in it and be comfortable. Yeah, find the chair, sit in it, and and be be comfortable in your own skin in that. Or I mean, whoever is sometimes we're comfortable, sometimes we ain't. But at least, yeah, just feel the yeah, feel it for yourself. Do you have any? Um, I don't ask you if you've got any tips on what you're saying then about um, getting into that zone when you're playing. I think I know what you mean. Um, Mm. I was if you could say more about how many tips about how people might access it, if, you know, like, so I think what you were saying is, you know, when you start playing and you're like, you're letting something just come through you rather than, yeah, what you're playing. it's, yeah, sit, sitting in the right, um, finding the space where you need complete privacy or you need the right time. It's also recognizing, recognizing the right, um, times. Morning is really nice. Like, Almost like first thing, you get instrument, get comfy. That's a really nice time, actually, in the morning. And sometimes the day isn't so much. Afternoons can be tricky. And never force yourself. Never think, oh, I must, I must play, I must write. Um, unless that's really what tickles your thing. And you, and you know, some people work with that kind of motivation. But yeah, like just let it, like call it let it call you over whatever your instrument is let it call you over you know and then that that's always a route that's a nice route in yeah yeah i like to tell at certain times as well i tend to find if i'm really tired and i play i can get into that zone easier i guess because then i'm not thinking as much if i pick up my guitar and i'm quite tired sometimes i'll just find myself drifting into that and i always think it's like time just disappears completely when you're in that zone doesn't it it's beautiful yeah like me yeah. and Yes, in the yeah. flow state. In the flow state, that's it, yeah. yeah. And, and it's good because, then, I mean, if you can tune your life into the flow as well, then, then that will really help with, with being able to write, you know, with just, just feeling easy. And, and also sometimes you do, especially, and that's the other flip side of that coin, when you might have found something particularly tasty and you've logged it in and you've, you know, and you've, you know, you've caught something and you, you need to remind yourself where your fingers are and things like that. And you've got it. That's when the work starts as well. If you really, if you want to really shape a song that, that you'd be comfortable taking in front of an audience or even playing to yourself happily, that I find once you've found that juicy bit, that is really the thing of it. As long as you play that, the song's there there is a lot of work to do to then get your lyrics in that you're pleased and yeah and that's the good that's the good work because that's that to me is also um it's it's always unfolding you know it's always growing like a song might start as a thing and you're really happy with it and then you might just you might change it over time you know and it might grow and grow and, and that's that's beautiful too recording can tend to stymie things sometimes mm. and I would say another tip just for that is unless you have trouble remembering what you've done to try not to record anything too soon 
because it can finalize it before it's really grown up. It's almost like you can freeze it as a teenager before, you know, it's fully matured into an adult. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> and, uh, I've done that to myself loads of times. I'm always like, ah, why did I, you know what I mean? That song yeah. just gets stuck there and I put it on the record and now it's grown into this other amazing thing and I wish I'd seen it. If the album version was that. Waited a little longer, yeah. Mm. Before I was like, no, we must record it now. But yeah. anyway, that's beautiful too. That's beautiful too. <laughs> Space for it all. But yeah, sometimes you get with artists, don't you, where like the, the live version becomes so much different to the, the album version. Because you know, oh, that's, you know, that's, that's the magic of the audience. And when you get that energy, energy cycle with the crowd, that's a whole new thing. Because then they're, they're responsible as well. Yeah. You know, it's like a 50-50 then for what the music's going to do. And no, no one, it's kind of illegal to talk about it. You know what I mean? It's too much of a mystical thing. But it's, that's, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a bit like we were saying about the flow state, that you can get into it by yourself when you're playing. And like when you're with a band and you all get into that zone, it's, uh, it's amazing. And again, like time just disappears. Right? And then when you do it with a band in front of an audience, it's like just it's that collective flow then, isn't it? Like everyone just gets into this zone and it's... Uh, that's when the magic really happens. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Great stuff. Um, so let's move into section two, shall we? This is, I know we've, had a, we've kind of covered a good few tips there, but this is where I ask for a uh, songwriting tip from, I guess. So unless we've already used the, the one that you have, have you got a, a specific tip for a dude? A tip to songwriting? Well, like Beethoven said, have a notebook. Like keep having have a notebook next to your instrument with you but the other one compose away from your instruments also okay with walking this is when recording devices are also really handy mm. um if you live in a place where you're comfortable to drive around as well um preferably yeah you need to be in like california i suppose because you can drive further england's yeah. But walking because the when when you when you're walking and you're feeling good, it it, really, it unlocks all the energies. Because well, when you're sitting, trying to trying to get it together, like I was saying before, you sit down. I'm going to write something. You can feel this terrible block, you know. Mm -hmm. And it, you try and write something, and even if you wrote something great, you're not going to be pleased because you're just not in that kind of mood. You go walking, and then let the rhythm of your walking that will give you something and some music may or may not come maybe melodies or baseline anything you know something might kind of rock to you and if you like it get it re either remember it or record it it might be words or anything record it on the little things you can get on your phone these days addictive phones little recording things um that's the method i use and then when i come back i sometimes forget about them and then i find them and go oh yeah that's cool and i've had things whole things happen this way like if you, I don't know, you might be making a cup of tea or taking a pee or whatever, and something might come, get it down then. Like, I mean, you know, write it down or sing it or get it. Like, force yourself to nail it, like your Duke Ellington or something. Just force yourself to like, as, as, if, it, as if it's going to be in the show that night, hypothetically speaking. Grab it and then, and then work it. And the, all these little snippets, you never know what, they, they might go into this song or that song, they might be one whole song. They might not quite make a song. 
but they might fuel other things. That's my tip. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really good. We really like it. I really like the. Um, I hadn't thought like I know thought the idea of you walking and getting good ideas then, but I hadn't thought about that. Then you you, know, you walk into a rhythm and that can feed into what you what you you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really get really get into it, and and don't don't be self conscious either. Don't worry about public seeing you singing to yourself or something because well, that's one of the beautiful things. You know, everyone should be singing all the time. Really, yeah, yeah. I guess it. Yeah, I guess it'd be nice. It's like doing that in the countryside and stuff where you're not like, you know, worrying about crossing roads and stuff. <laughs> so you've got a nice, yeah. nice country road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being like, yeah, don't be trying to. Well, <laughs> also, it used to happen to me in London, you know. Yeah. But also, another tip is don't be too keen to straight on get on the headphones, listen to someone else's music either. Mm. You sort of need the sounds of the world, whatever it is, the traffic and seagulls or whatever you have, is, it will become it if you know that melee of sound there's enough sound out there to inspire yeah take inspiration from everywhere not just from other music yes yeah that's brilliant great stuff thanks duke so uh let's move into section three now shall we which is where uh my guess meaningful to them right to breathe in some way and what i do here is i'll put the link in the description so if you're not familiar with the song you want to go to it you can just click that link come back and hear us talk about it so um what song did you choose for a shoot? I was, was Castles Made of Sand by Jimi Hendrix from Axis Boulder's Love. Wow. Incredible track. Yeah, beautiful track. And a lovely, I know he's, he's, I think he's singing about his family experience and growing up and such. But when you listen, there's some, yeah, just the idea of these castles made of sand. It's, it's not um, a, a negative kind of Im image in, in a way. Um, they are, you know, we, it, it's part of that, that, that flow, flow thing again in and out. It, and yeah, they can really, really trigger when, when you're feeling really, really blue. That, um, that song, it, it was, it, it was like, the tap was really shut. I was so blue at the loss, um. And, and this was, I think, was a funeral day, which was a dreadful thing. And it was like the tune opened the tap and then the sweat of the soul being the tears, which sometimes gets really blocked. And, you know, the, the soul needs to sweat just like, you know, just like we do. And that's what they say tears are. And they were able to come out. And I hadn't really, I'd been through a lot up at that time. I hadn't really wept or anything for a very long time. This was many years ago. And yeah, that, that song like unlocked it. And then it also, it kind of, it kind of flowed it out and it was so beautiful and just, yeah, makes it all, it was like that thing I said um, before. I've been trying to put my finger on it all night and all day thinking about this. But just where you, you are there and in the moment of your grief and, and breathing, I think. And you, you're also able to uh, fully not feel so dark. You know, you feel, you know, beautiful. See the, the, the beauty of life and death and the, and, you know, death being this, you know, it's a, 
this great mystery. I don't know. We find, you know, finding that place where you can sit in the whole thing, not just one or another. You know, we always talk about happiness, and sadness. Mm. We realize now that these things are all, you know, they say in Buddhism, you know, life is suffering. It's a, it's a strange phrase to get your head around, especially when you're young. And then even when you're old, you're like, yeah, life is suffering. But I, I don't want to think of this phrase, really. It's, it's all encompassed, you know, the happiness, the sadness, the whole thing. All in the, this great, big, beautiful ball that is our strange existence as humans. It's a very confused animal on this planet. Um, yeah. And some of these songs, don't they? They can just do it somehow yeah they can take you out of that place where you're so sad you think you'll never be ever be able to smile again and then suddenly you'll actually be smiling while you cry and that's that's a beautiful power yeah yeah beautifully described Duke. um yeah i agree completely this and sometimes it's funny because it's the magic like it could be a song that you wouldn't expect at all to yeah at that time sometimes it's just on the radio or you're over here somewhere and it just it just gets you and like i say can unlock all those emotions and uh... that's right because it, it in the end yeah because it's and unless the emotions are flow are flowing like in in you without being blocked you can't even an emotion as profound as sadness or happiness it's going to get confused in the mix and become almost like a personal thing where you might drive yourself down even more and and that's uh yeah that's when music can just i mean what is it like it's, it's almost like a reset button isn't it like a, an instant kind of we need those we need those don't we yeah definitely it's definitely got some magical quality that gets through different barriers that sometimes words can't do and thought can't do that's right. yeah that's right music's the way that's through and even yeah, and the words can, yeah, the words might not have anything to do with it mm -hmm. as well. They might be singing about something else even, but yeah. that's the mystery of words, especially in the English language. So interpretable, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Brilliant. Yeah, well, thanks a lot for your time, Duke. I really appreciate it. It's really nice talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you, mate. And uh, you just got a new album out, haven't you? Well, I did. Yeah, I put out. Um, I put out a thing called the Bliss of Myth. Um, it was is a real beautiful labor of love, like a, a thing I put together, and uh, that's if you go on my website, you can just click it. You can you can download it straight into your device, just like that. Cool. I'll put a link in the description to be able to check it out. Cool. And, uh, yeah. Really yeah. Checking out Duke's back catalog as well. Some uh, some stunning albums in there, and uh, hopefully it's not too long before we can see you see you on the road again. Yes, mate. I hope to see you up there. Yeah, we were hoping to have seen you at the Brudenell in in uh, May. You were going to be there, I think, weren't you? Are you going to be there with Mark then? Oh, yeah. You know, we're going to be doing it. Ah, we will. Yeah, hopefully. I think it's going to be rescheduled for next year. I think I saw that. So, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed, bro. Yeah, mate. Cool. Thanks a lot, Jake. And thanks, uh, so much. thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll be back with another episode soon.